Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Welcome to our podcast series on everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but were afraid to ask. Len, you've been advising hundreds of banks about Community Reinvestment Act since 1994. What are the most common and biggest mistakes banks make regarding CRA in your experience? Oh, boy. I've seen a lot of mistakes and some real doozies. The first mistake that comes to my mind is also the worst and most common mistake, failing to prepare for your CRA exam. It's incomprehensible to me why a banker would go into a CRA exam blind, not knowing how the bank is meeting its CRA responsibilities. But after 27 years of consulting about CRA, I would say it's pretty common, unfortunately. I think there are several contributing factors. First, only about 10% of banks are required to report under CRA. All too often, that results in a bank not collecting and monitoring its, its CRA data. But while only 10% of banks are required to report the regulation, 100% of banks are required to perform under CRA. I know this. If I'm going to be held accountable to perform, I am going to want to know how I am doing long before the examiners have arrived on the scene. That means I am going to collect my CRA-related data, and I'm going to analyze it to see how my bank is doing. I'm not going to go into an exam not knowing how my performance looks. Even if my bank has problems, I want to know that long before the examiners do, and I want to be able to anticipate their questions and my documented answers, have them ready for the examiners. Well, I know you've helped numerous institutions in their prep for a Community Reinvestment Act examination. So what should a banker do to get prepared for a CRA exam? Well, the first thing is to recognize that exam preparation begins the day after your last exam ended. But my list of to-dos for preparing for a CRA exam would include, first of all, have a documented set of CRA policies and procedures that identify responsibilities, clarifies what is needed to measure CRA performance, assign responsibility to collect and record data, and spell out CRA terminology, especially confusing ideas like a small business loan. The second thing is collect the CRA-related data, analyze that data, and make sure you have a CRA committee with at least one board member, because that shows the board is exercising its oversight responsibilities. Third thing is have a well-defined set of performance measures that mimics the tests administered during a CRA exam. You should be reviewing your performance just like the examiners do. The fourth thing I would recommend is to voluntarily report your CRA data. Reporting forces a self-discipline that's needed to manage your CRA responsibilities and performance. And by the way, there's significant advantages to voluntarily reporting your CRA data. First, if you are an ISB, you preserve your elective to be measured under the large bank performance standards with their decreased emphasis on community development. Yes, that seems counterintuitive, but it's true, as I explained in the podcast about community development under CRA. 
Also, if you don't report your CRE data, examiners will take a random sampling of your commercial loans, small business loans. It's supposed to be scientific, but who knows how accurate it might be. And you certainly won't know if they have collected the data and its accuracy to know how your bank has been performing. So you can't even comment about the reliability of the data the examiners would be using to evaluate your performance if you don't know what the sample is going to show. Finally, I would uh, know that many bankers take the attitude that only about 2 to 3% of banks fail their CRA exam, and their bank has never failed a CRA exam. So why worry? Well, I would suggest that with the politics in Washington being what they are today, I would worry a great deal about my next CRA exam. The Democrats and community activists have been screaming for years that not enough banks fail their CRA exams. Well, to paraphrase an old saying about the Supreme Court, the regulators read the election returns and they know who's in charge in Washington today. So be concerned. I wouldn't be surprised if we see an uptick in CRA exam failures in the next few years. Yeah, I agree. And I would say in my experience, I too have been surprised by how many banks don't prepare for CRA exams till the very last minute. I personally like to take more of a proactive approach to CRA uh, and having that data readily available and knowing where we stand. What other kinds of errors have you seen bankers make with respect to CRA responsibilities? Well, in one of our earlier podcasts, I spoke about the ultra importance of CRA assessment area delineation. Anyone who understands CRA knows that while the lending tests are essentially the same for all banks, performance standards vary from bank to bank, primarily because of something the regulation calls performance context. Now, performance context includes community demographics and the local credit markets. Believe it or not, Anytime you add or subtract census tracts to your assessment area, you're affecting performance context and thereby affecting your performance expectations. My experience has been that many banks take a pretty casual approach to how they construct their assessment areas. I've seen cases where a bank has one branch in a county and then the next is the entire county as part of their assessment area, even though the size of the community makes it impractical, if not unreasonable, to serve the entire county. This means the demographics in the entire county, even in areas far removed from any of your branches where you can't possibly serve that population, will be used by examiners to determine your performance standards. Unrealistic assessment areas mean unrealistic performance standards, which means you are on the defensive immediately right at the beginning of your entire CRA exam. Let's go for the trifecta, Len. Do you have a third significant mistake commonly made by bankers with respect to CRA? Yes, I do. I think a third common mistake made by bankers is to misunderstanding the meaning of community development under the regulation. If you are an ISB or a large bank, community development is an important part of your CRA responsibilities. Now, community development in the context of the CRA regulations has some highly technical definitions. And if you don't meet those definitions, your activity won't qualify as community development for CRA credit. The mistake many bankers make is to assume that the terminology used to define community development in the regulation means what it normally means outside the regulatory context. I remember vividly a meeting I had with a banker, a bank president, 10 years ago. He was a president of a bank in New Jersey. He was shell-shocked because his bank had just failed its CRA exam. 
The reason the bank failed this year exam was it had just transitioned from a small bank to an intermediate small bank. And for the first time, it had to pass the community development test as part of the CRA exam. The bank president had assumed that all community activities that his bank supported were qualified as community development for CRA purposes. To his shock and chagrin, most of the activities he thought qualified as community development didn't qualify. Consequently, his bank failed the CRA exam under the ISB standards. The lesson is to make sure you have someone in your organization who really understands the regulation or have someone you, you've retained as an advisor who's an expert in the regulation. That way you can be sure that misunderstanding the regulation won't be a cause of your failing your CRA exam. Len, you continue, continue to cover some important, very area, areas of CRA that will help our listeners avoid CRM, CRA mistakes. If I can get the words out of my mouth today, <laughs> but uh, this is very, very good information for all of our listeners. This is Dean Stockford of Eminem Consulting. And this is Len Suzio of GeoDataVision. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and found it informative. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and GeoData Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.